If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system podcast Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System podcast. It's episode 294. This is our 2024 Cognizant Classic and SDC Championship Bets pod. Barry O'Hanran and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's PGA and DP World Tour action. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podca- uh, podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world famous golf betting system website where we have in depth betting previews for both events. We've got strokes gained rankings, form stats, plus, of course, our predictor models. All of that content is available across both events. Completely free of charge with no paywall on X. You might want to follow these two because they keep putting up loads of winners. Barry is at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. Steve, second place Bamford. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. Now you guys as listeners power this podcast so we need your five star reviews on Apple Podcasts as ever. For those of you who leave a review... I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Now, you'll be glad to hear, listeners, we have a review this week, so thank you very much. Um, can I also say, uh, please press that five-star button on Spotify. That would be fantastic. Right. This one is entitled Paul and Barry. You two must be loving this. Five <laughs> stars. Wink twice if Steve is holding you hostage. We can rescue you, exclamation mark. I really do appreciate the golf betting system. It's been my go-to podcast stroke website for years now. It's a grind, and win or lose, it takes a special breed to keep teeing it up week after week. You You lads are now part of the process for golf bettors all over the globe. The weight of the world is on your shoulders. Make us smell the poana. Love the podcast. Love the interaction with all three of you. Thanks for doing what you do in front of a paywall. Good luck to you. Uh, good luck to all your bets this season. I've been listening for years and will continue to do so. That is from Lucy Parker. And Lucy Parker is in Massachusetts, United States of America. Thank you, Lucy. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Lucy. And, uh, Glad you continue to enjoy the uh, the content and the podcast. Thank you, Lucy. You know I'm saying Hope Lucy. I'm, I've actually yeah. got it wrong. Sorry, it's, it's lucky. It's not. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I thought I thought we never get feedback from females. It's Lucky Parker. Should we start this I, podcast I, again, chaps? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you just gave Lucky a new nickname amongst his mates. <laughs> to be fair, the regulars would know I cock everything up. So uh, the fact I've, I've called Lucky Parker Lucy Parker. He is, though. Oh, I'm guessing it's a he. I mean, it still could be a female, Lucky Parker. Uh, he's in Massachusetts, USA. So that's all good. 
Oh, mate, the, that, that, the bit that made me laugh there. The weight of the world is on your shoulders. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> Make us smell the poana. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Mm. Anyway, let's talk about your winner last week, chaps. Paul, that's two on the trot for you. Matsuama and now Jake Knapp. But clearly, you you followed you followed Big Bad Barry in on 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 Jake. He Jake's been following him for weeks. Yeah, so well done well, to both of you. Barry's been uh, Barry's been bigging up Jake Knapp for a long time now, as you say, and um, yeah, on his coattails really. So uh, really impressed, really impressed with the way he played for the first couple of days that Saturday performance Barry when he came out the blocks it was just incredible on Saturday wasn't he um, uh, it was it was like watching somebody play golf with cheat codes it, on Saturday it was incredible mad wasn't it and, and you you wanted it to be over then you're like, just just finish the <laughs> tournament like because you can only get it can only get um worse or more squirrely from there but yeah it was um it was nice I, Look, the thing is, like, I, I just saw the swing a few weeks back and went, oh, God, that's nice. I want to, you know, let's keep an eye on this guy. And we back to Montari. But you said around the time of Tari, Steve, watch it. watch for him in Mexico. He goes, Mexico, Mexico is where it's going to happen. And, of course. Uh, and then, and, I I did, said, I, right. then I did, Barry, what my wife told me I shouldn't do a couple of weeks ago. If you really, you know, shouldn't talk yourself <laughs> out of the bets you really want to back, Steve. Yeah. But, but of course, his stats weren't quite where I wanted them to be. So I didn't back him. Was it the stats or was it just the, the price had taken a bit of a clip? Because well, all the bookies seem to figure this one out. Um because I think I had him at close to a hundred to one only three or four, two or three tournaments yeah, yeah. ago, and mm. naturally the field was a little softer mm. last week than it had been. But yeah, forty. To, I ended up only getting forty to one, which uh, hey, listen, a win's a win. So it was, um, it was really good. I, You've got to say that Torrey Pines link is absolutely brilliant. Mm. Ram, Finau, and now Jake Knapp, who was third in a quality field. Last month there? Yeah. yeah. Makes sense, doesn't it? Just longest golf course on tour, 7,800 yards, pretty much dead straight. Get the ball out there. Yeah. So, yeah. No, he's really good. I thought he spoke really well in the press conference after as well and seems to be a player that's really got his head on his shoulders. Um, I'm really excited to see where he'll go now from here because... There's a lot mm. of game there. Um, he was a bit wobbly on Sunday, and you, you can understand that. But uh, he, you know, he, he managed to leverage his short game when he needed to. Um, chipped his way round, um, you know, pretty well in the end to, to maintain some kind of lead. And uh, you know, yeah. As to where he goes, he's in the Masters now, isn't he? From that win, so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big prospect, I think. That was my question. Do we do we see a ceiling for Jake now? It's difficult to say these days with the way that the, 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 the golf is split. You know, with you know, a lot of leading players not even on the tour. But do we see a ceiling for Jake now? You know, could, could he? Can he be contending in majors in the future? It's difficult to. It's, it's almost an impossible question to to answer. It's really, sure. really difficult. We haven't seen a lot of it. I mean, this is what his fifth PGA Tour start, and he wins. Like it's um, yeah, it's the kind of start to your tour, like the, to your tour life there on that level of tour that dreams are made of. 
I mean, he's got some serious game. He played a very difficult course in Tari, or what you know always goes down is quite difficult, and yeah. finished third, and then won won a, a let's say a scoring event in um, in a pretty open golf course. So that le- that length is just such a weapon, and if he can keep that. Uh, the thing, the thing that really got him on Sunday, the, the nerves were clearly there from the start, and there were the the swing tempo and rhythm wasn't there, and that it, that manifested in some of the most terrifying duck hook drives that I've seen, other than my own game, and I just thought, oh god, this is all falling apart. Mm. Um, but he made a couple of um, kind of short mid iron swings around five and six. And then a really good bunker shot on seven that just seemed to settle him a bit. And you could see then the the tempo and the rhythm was coming back to the swing. And even though the rest of the drives weren't like very good, everybody's you know knows that he only hit the two fairways. The tempo was good enough that the drives were playable and the punishment for the missing the fairway there in Mexico wasn't pretty wasn't heavy really, unless you hit water. So mm. Um, yeah, it was good to see him kind of find his rhythm, find his tempo, and you know, getting through that battle on Sunday rather than just cruising to a win would probably serve him much better in the long run. I, I, I could see him winning again. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, yeah. He should come on. The for short them. game's good enough. Yeah, yeah. long game's good enough. Short game's, good. He, you know, he putted Putting's well. pretty good. Yeah, he putted well on Saturday, didn't he? So um, mm. he, when it all comes together, he's. He's capable of uh, winning more tournaments, I think. Yeah, and he figured it out because what for, uh, Thursday and Friday he lost strokes putting, I believe. Mm. I think he was a, a little bit behind, like not not extremely, but <laughs> yeah. he could have he could have been three or four shots better mm. uh, than he was after Friday yep. with a you know a couple more. But his, his tee to green numbers were Scotty Scheffler esque. Yeah, and he figured out how to putt. Or he figured out how to to get his putting to a higher level on the weekend. So, it's mm. no, really definitely, de- def- definitely will be one to watch. And I mean, it'll be great just to see see him in the Masters in a few weeks. I don't know if he's you know what, how he's going to do there, but that sort of length goes a long way around Augusta. Would you say? Last question. This we'll move on to the DP World Tour. Would you say, Barry? This is for you specifically. If you were comparing. Jake Knapp now to what we saw out of Cam Champ when Cam Champ hit the tour and was winning readily and quickly. Mm. C- complete a better game than Cam Champ all round. Uh sheesh. Maybe a little bit. It's mm. really hard to say. Only This is it. Difficult one. Mm. We, we went Dutch. It's hard. We went Dutch yeah. on the DP World Tour. Let's f- move on from Jake now. We we don't want that. We the well, listeners are they're they're over your they're over. Okay, your yeah, yeah. Steve, one win a year. <laughs> Steve, we should uh, we should mention Sammy Valamaki before we move on because um, you picked oh, him right. up. You picked him at hundred to one, um, yeah. and he was right yeah. up there all the way through as well. So as an each way punt, that was a fantastic result. So well done with that. Thank you. Should we call him the new Prince of Paspalum? <laughs> he, he does like the surface, doesn't he? He likes Paspalum, doesn't he? Mm. Do you reckon he'll be going off at the fourteen to one favourite for the uh, for the Puerto Rico Open next week? Yeah, there could be a few candidates at that level. Yeah, 
Um, you would assume, because uh, the API is a signature event, you might get a slightly better field this year for the mm. Puerto Rico Open, but yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Right, we went Dutch on the DP World Tour, and I'm not talking Joost Lauten. Darius Van Driel. Or was it Driel? I don't know. DVD, yeah. Talk us through DVD. Yeah, first DP World Tour win. 80 to 1 you could have got against him. I I did have a look at DVD before the event because his short game stats were right up there in terms of what I was looking for. But I mean, this is a guy that's never won on the tour. You know, it's one of those names for me that I often look at and. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's no, not, we, we we go through them every week. You know, you know what I'm going. <laughs> Is he like a Patrick Rogers type character it, of the of the DP World Tour? Not quite that bad. I mean, it's, no, it's not no, it's not as if I've been burnt with him, um, you know, a dozen times and won't go near him. But it's one of the names that I just don't tend to get excited about when it comes to to picking him. But but no, he, he was he was really impressive and really good. So you can't take that away from him. And. It, yeah, he's a winner now, and uh, good luck to him. Um, no spring chicken, is he? 34? Yeah, he's in his mid-30s, so uh, kind of one of those players you might have thought was just going to be a, a journeyman, um, a top 10 merchant potentially at, at various points in his career, but no, he's uh, he's managed to snare one. Mm. So, uh, yeah, well done to him. I mean, from my perspective... <laughs> John Catlin, who I was really excited about, just he had one of those Catlin weeks where um, absolutely nothing drops and it's just par after par, then a birdie, bogey, and then another another string of pars, and he just constantly treading water, which does happen with John Catlin every now and again. Um, a bit frustrating with him. Ashen Wu, um, 66 to 1, I backed him. He shot the round of the day on Saturday to put himself right on the fringes of um, you know serious contention. So there was a little bit of brief excitement there, but nothing on Sunday. So, so yeah, no. write that one off. One of those weeks where you couldn't get anyone in the mix. No, no. odd week. Uh, let's talk this week's golf. Uh, in terms of best bookmaker for the 2024 Cognizant Classic, in fact, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, chaps, because it's such an eloquently named title. The Cognizant Classic in the Palm Beaches is the full title of this week's tournament. I thought it was quite catchy. Mm. We're highlighting William Hill, who have gone eight places each way at 50-odds to place on their Cognizant default market. Great value if you want to maximise uh, your opportunity of return. They are, as I record this podcast, extended market best odds. is a good list here. JT Poston, Ben Arn, Shane Lowry... Corey Connors, Chris Kirk, Stefan Jaeger, Sepp Straka, Sepp Straka, Ricky Fowler. The list goes on and on if you're 18 plus and do not have a William Hill account. You can find details of their current bet £10, get £30 in free bets, new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in this podcast description. I know that plenty of my uh, selections this week are with William Hill. Right. The Cognizant... I'm not going to say all. The Cognizant Classic. This is effectively the Honda Classic, but Honda has said sayonara to the PGA Tour. We're playing this on the Champions Course, PGA National, Palm Beach Gardens. It is the start 
of the Florida swing, genuine Florida swing this year, uh, this year, chaps, for consecutive Florida courses before we then go on to two events in Texas and then Augusta. Mm. So uh, this Florida swing is with us. Daffodils are out in the UK. We are moving inexorably towards the 2024 Masters. This is a Nicholas renovation. It was actually Tom and George Fazio original. Uh, his last renovation here was 2018, Nicholas. I classify it as a Florida golf course. And what I mean by Florida is Bermuda, water everywhere. Um, I categorised it this year as a mid-score golf course, and it is short. It is only 7,147 yards. This will this came as a shock to me yesterday. Um, it certainly will become a shock to most of you listening. This is well known as literally the toughest past 70 on the PGA Tour. No longer. They have lengthened the par four tenth by the matter of... 10, 12 yards, and have called it a par 5. So we're now dealing with a par 71 at PGA National, which breaks my heart. I know it breaks some of the um, some of the, the golf cognoscenti uh, in terms of the, the golf betting and golf uh, DraftKings community that live in Florida and go to attend this because you know they, they like the fact that this is a, a grind and it's tough and it's everything you want it to be. I think from a scoring perspective, we saw 14 under last year with Chris Kirk. By turning a four into a short five, it's uh, what's going to it's going to take add another couple of digits to that. So I, you know, you're probably looking at 16, 17 under winning this week, which is a shame because I used to love it when it was five under, and it was howling 35, 40 straight off the Atlantic Ocean. Mm. Uh, the weather looks very compliant this week as well. Uh, there's one day with gusts up to 20, but apart from that, it's all around 10 to 15. So yeah, it's not going to be. It's certainly not going to be any birdie fest. It's it's no American Express. Um, I, I I think if you're literally in that sort of 13 to 15 under par mark, you're going to be right in contention for the victory. Uh, in terms of agronomy, and you know, we can't smell the poana this week, chaps, but we can smell the Bermuda. Bermuda throughout, uh, the the roughest Tiff Sport Bermuda grass, it's overseeded with perennial rye. We are still in February in Florida. Uh, the greens themselves are Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass. Barry, I'll bring you in because I, I, I know what your views are on this. What do you think to the course changing from a 70 to a 71? Why? Not, not asking me why the question, but like, why would you, what's the point in changing it? Yeah. Do you just want to show the players are four four shots better this week under par? It would seem why that not? Way. It would seem that why way, not? Yeah. Why not steer the other way and make it like a par sixty eight and see them scrap to try get to level par and see how <laughs> they deal with it psychologically? Yeah. Because that, that, I can't see any other reason than it's a, a psychological thing. Hmm. Maybe there's maybe there's some sort of course flow thing that it's. A slightly reachable or a long par four, but it changes the psychology and it might help the round move a bit easier for all the pros. But that's like a such a small little thing, then it just seems like it's purely about the optics of them being lower under par. 
maybe they need to do it to try attract more pros to play this tournament. Mm. The field so has per- waned of late. Yeah, so it's not perceived as as big a brute, of course. But I mean, you're just putting uh, makeup on it. I mean, everybody knows under underneath, it's like it can kill you. Mm. And if you're look if you're looking at there's very few players with a really consistent, um, well, like a highly placed uh, record here. There's a lot of variation. You have miscut top ten, you know. So that kind of tells you the courses can kill can kill anybody at any time. Mm. Yeah, Paul might shoot me down in flames, but I see this very much as a our kind of Le Golf National. Yeah, it, it will eat you up and spit you out. Yeah. You will miss the cut. Or, you know, you can be doing that one year and then you can be in contention the next. Yeah, I get that. Very much like the players as well, Sawgrass. Those kind of golf courses. It is easy to eject, isn't it? Mm. Um, Just for the record, that number 10 was 508-yard par 4, traditionally. I mean, that is a that must have been one of the toughest par 4s on the PGA Tour. A bit like the 10th last week at Mexico. That was plain over a, a half a stroke above par, which is great to see. I mean, the amount of doubles and triples on the opening hole, if you were starting on 10 last week, was incredible. Mm. But clearly, PJ Tour don't like that. But um, it's now changed to a 530-yard par 5. So, yeah, I think overall we're looking from like a 14-under, actually becoming more like a 16-under to win this, maybe 17. Mm. Um, this field this week, it, it's it's stronger than we have seen over previous years. I mean, last year, I believe Shane Lowry was 14 to 1 to win this, uh, which isn't a price you see very often on the PGA Tour on Shane Lowry. But this year, we are dealing with a better field. Rory is playing, which is great to see. He's supporting his local event, which not many of the Americans are. Uh, 15-2 best price with Bet365 right now is Rory McIlroy. 7-1 is the general price available. You've got then got Cam Young at 20s. Then we're out to the likes of Russell Henley, 25-1. Matt Fitzpatrick, Ben Arn and JT Poston at 20-1, along with uh, Tom Kim them at 30-1. to And Eric Cole... Shane Lowry, 33-1. to one. So a better field. I think I counted, uh, it was something like 15 or 17 of the world's top 50. That wouldn't have been the case 2023 or 2022. No, much better. Can I throw some stats at you? Mm. Because this is the kind of event I just love. Just I'm, I'm not judging here. I'm just saying... Russell Henley, third favourite, 25 to 1. He's won once in his last 160 starts. Ben Arn, Ben Arn week, Honda Classic. Since his win at Wentworth in 2005, He's had, oh, sorry, 2015. What am I talking about? Since his Wentworth win in 2015, he hasn't won in 207 main tour events. Main tour, DP World, PGA. Mm. I'm discounting his one win on the Corn Ferry. Sorry. 
Shane Lowry. No wins in his last 115 PGA Tour starts. I'm just throwing them out there for context, really. I could add Corey Connors to that list, but I didn't have time. There's there's lots of players in this field at relatively short prices that don't tend to win a great deal. It actually says to me that Rory McIlroy isn't that bad a value. Rory has won twice on the PGA Tour in his last 30 starts. He's actually got four main tour wins in his last 30 starts, two of them at the Dubai Desert Classic. Yeah. Yeah, you, you could have seen a red-hot Rory McIlroy coming into this and being a significantly shorter price than the, what, I'm sorry, yeah, 15 to 2, 7 to 1 generally out there. Could have been super yeah. short. Yeah. I think I'm positioning it in that actually McIlroy, to me, at 7s is a better price than Russell Henley at 25s. Anything you guys want to add before we move on to our selections about the course or the uh, field, anything like that? It's uh, it, it's always a tough test, and uh, I, I I really hope that the change to to ten doesn't materially impact the way that it feels. I wonder just just listening to you describing it a, a couple of minutes ago whether those players starting on ten historically, um, you know, almost staring a bogey in the face. What it must have was it average four and a half or thereabouts, I expect. Um, you know, is that a negative way to start that round when you're going out there with a tough hole, knowing that you've got the, uh, you know, the, the the tough holes at the end of the uh, the 18 to contend with as well. Um, perhaps it just changes the mentality of the players a little bit, so they they can feel that they're getting off to some kind of positive start on the on the round as a result of it. I don't know, but yeah. I, We'll see. We'll see. I, I, overall, it's the same course, isn't it? It's just, uh, as yeah. Barry said, it's just for just for optics. I think. When I looked at the key stats this week, um, oh, difficult. It's not that key. The one number that really did jump out to me, though, is that if you take the winners from Keith Mitchell, so Mitchell, Im, Jones, Matt, Sepp Straka, Sepp Straka. I'll get that right one day. Chris Kirk. <laughs> Strokes gained T to green amongst those five winners. They were the average rank was second. Mm. I mean that's crazy. Yeah. Strokes gained putting twenty third. So team no putt. I mean Ben Arn. Very much team no putt is very much in play this week. Off the T tenth. On approach ninth, around the green sixteenth. If I look at the traditional stats, and this is another number I think was pretty compelling. Greens in regulation seventh of the you know of the of the uh, players that made the uh, made the cut that week. Scrambling ninth. You've got to have a scrambling game this week. Mm. You cannot be auto bogey when you miss a green because you will just sink like a stone. And it, you know, you just look at the winners list here. I'm not talking recent years because the field has been so poor. But it doesn't take a brain surgeon to work out. You've got winners here like McElroy. You've got Michael Thompson, who was second in a US Open before he won here. Russell Henley. You've got Padraig Harrington, Adam Scott, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, Sung Jae-in. 
Now these are clearly major championship performers. So you know that course does bring the better golfers towards the top, undoubtedly. And actually, we all you know, 125 to one Sepp Strucker when he won in 2022, and he he beat Shane on on the 18th. Um, that squ- you know, that weird weather came in literally as Shane was standing on the 18th tee. Yeah, yeah. Um, but look what Sepp's gone on to do. Ride a cupper. Mm-hmm. Second in an open. So, you know, not exactly a mug player, is he? Sepp Straka. So, uh, you know, it does bring the better players to the fore. That, that's undoubted. I've gone for five. Now, you know, to be completely transparent, I've gone for a player as my headline tip this week who hasn't won in 54 PGA Tour starts. He's never actually won on the PGA Tour. So that's a good start, isn't it? He's also 20 to 1. However, he's got six runner-ups within those 54 starts. He's also got eight top three finishes. And he's also a bit of a major monster. He's very much Will Zalatoris, who again struggled to get over the line, but we're on him a we were on him would it have been last year or the year before, wasn't it? When because he year was before, injured yeah. at the end of last year. Yeah. A player who actually plays proper major championship golf courses. Far better than 33 under at Kapalua. He's got four top eight major championship finishes in his last seven major appearances. He was both third at the PGA Championship at Southern Hills and second at the Open Championship at St Andrews in his rookie season. Step forward, Cam Young. I'm on Cam. Two points each way, 20 to 1. I got that away, I believe, with Bet365 on their each way extra facility. Eight places each way. Interesting with Cam, grew up in New York State, naturally. Doesn't really talk like a New Yorker, does it? But anyway, um, a winner here in junior golf on the AJGA circuit. He then came back in 2014 and was quarter finalist that year because they play stroke play. Uh, sorry, they play stroke play and then qualify for match play. He got beat in 2014 in the quarterfinals by one Matthew Wolf. So yeah, experience of the course, 16th here on his only debut. I'm glad he's added it to on his only um, appearance. I'm glad he's added it to his uh, to his schedule. I think this course suits Cam Young down to the ground. I am on him at 20 to 1. Right, where are you guys chipping in? I have no idea. So what's your what's your lowest price points, chaps? Uh, I've got two this week, 66 and 100 for me. Oh wow. Barry? Yeah, I'm not low this week either. It's <clears throat> It's kind of a week for a few sprinkles for me because of the variance in people's results. It feels a lot less safe in its predictability than normal. So I'm I'm on the outsiders. I mean, you cannot argue with that comment. I mean, if you look at the average winning price over the last five years here, it is feast or famine. It is 813 to 1, 25 to 1 Kirk, 125 to 1 Sepp, Matt Jones, 80. M 35s Mitchell, 300 to 1. Wow. Good luck picking that out. Mm. I think he was on his second season, uh, Keith Mitchell. Anyway, if I'm going right down the line and I'm picking, you know, because we are seeing 20, 28s, uh, 25s. I mean, I, I believe JT won here at 12 to 1. 
So now we've got some better players involved this year. I'm on Young at 20s. I've also gone for JT, the postman, postman at 28 to 1 with William Hill, eight places each way. Love short courses. Two wins in his last 122 PGA Stewart starts. 2019 Wyndham, 2022 John Deere Classic. Actually, that Sedgefield and TPC Deer run form does translate quite well to players like Sepp Straka. Um, also Matt Jones and Sung J.M. He's now ensconced in the top 50 in the world. And, you know, he's been playing very, very nice golf. Fifth at the Century, sixth at the Sony, tenth at the Genesis. Worth noting that Chris Kirk won here at 25-1 to 1 last year. He'd finished third at the Sony and third at the Amex. Missed the cut at the Phoenix, won here. So I think post and fits. He's a good putter. He's also in the top 10 for my strokes gained T to green rankings over the last eight weeks. So he's just playing some very, very nice golf. JT Poston. Next up, and I was a bit, I wouldn't say shocked, and I can still see he's being backed this morning. This player has won twice in 50, his last 53 starts on the PGA Tour. And he's one of those that is pretty much always disrespected. Bearing in mind, I got 50 to 1 on a player who's won twice in 53 starts. And we've got Russell Henley, who has won once in his last 160 at half of his price. I don't get it, but um, clearly... Russell Henley must pump in a few more each way results than uh, Keith Mitchell does. Uh, not Keith Mitchell, Luke List. I'm on Luke List. Uh, I've got Luke List at 50 to 1 with William Hill, eight places each way. Second at the Genesis Invitational last time we saw yeah, it. Yeah, big result. He was second here in 2018, where he lost in a playoff to. Justin Thomas. We were actually on Justin that week at 12 to 1. Well, I was. And I was sitting there thinking, God, Luke List can't win this, surely. And JT stumbled over the line in a playoff and got the job done. But Luke List likes the course. Did you know the thing that really stood out to me last time out at Riviera? 14th for T to green. Well, that's pretty much de rigueur for Luke. First for strokes game putting. Now, I'm not suggesting that happens again. I don't think I don't think Luke's been seeing Brad Faxon. But if Luke can putt 0.5, 0.7 above the uh, above the field, strokes game putting each round, he will undoubtedly be near the top of the leaderboard because that's just Luke List. Did I thought fifty to one was a good price on a player that was second at a signature event last time out. Yeah, didn't he make some ludicrous? amount of footage with his putting that week it was I, I remember some stat it was in in the hundreds of feet one round where he was just nailing absolutely everything that's just not Luke List is it it's, no just one of it's those not. numbers he's got the, the thing is though I like where he has done well in the past there's mm. something and I don't know I don't know what it is there's something with the country club of Jackson because Chris Kirk's finished second there that's the Sanderson Farms. Sepp Straka has finished second there. Sung Jae Im has finished second there. Luke List won there last uh, October. Mm. So wherever you want form, Luke List has got form there on the correlating courses. 
So I just thought, yeah, 50 to 1 on Luke List, I'll have a bit of that. Right, I'm out to 66. So, Paul, you step in. Yeah, so 66 to 1 shot I've got. I've gone with Justin Rose at 66s. Now, Rose was on my radar um, after he shot 61 back at the century at the start of the year. Nothing much since, and I've backed him um, at least once since. Um, nothing much at the Sony, nothing much at the Farmers, but then he was 11th last time out when defending at uh, Pebble Beach. And uh, you know, 11th going into what should have been the final round, and of course they 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 shut the tournament down at that point. So who knows where he would have finished had they have played the final round. But um, 11th was you know solid nonetheless. Great on tougher tests. Got three top five here at uh, PJ National. The um, thing that gets me with Rose is I think there's going to be some serious motivation for him to try and make the Olympic team this week or this year rather. Of course, back in 2016, he won the Olympics and uh, you remember him parading around for weeks and months on end with his gold medal around his neck um, at every sporting event he could uh, he could attend. Certainly, He was certainly walking up and down Virginia Water High Street, chaps, every morning with his gold medal. <laughs> Parading to all around. of his all of his neighbours. Yeah, I, I remember him on you know, the BBC Breakfast and all, all of the uh, you know absolutely everywhere he could uh, he could and you know for him that was a massive thing of course and he missed out in twenty twenty one. Now for him and I've I've listened to him talk about this the target and um, there should only be two places for for English golfers to to make the Olympics but if you're inside the top 15 of the world then that can be extended so often the USA end up with four entrants um into the Olympics yeah. because they got four players in the top 15 so of course you got you got the likes of Matt Fitzpatrick and uh, and Till Hatt and Tommy Fleetwood ahead of him yeah. um but in his mind um you know he's talked about this he said like if I can get myself into the top 15 of the world I'll be in the Olympics. That's what I'm trying to do. So I think there's massive motivation for him to to go well. He goes well at Paris National where they're playing anyway. So I think he, you know, he, he sees this as another great career opportunity to uh, to go and uh, you know qualify for that. So I think you're going to see his form pick up. I think you're going to see him give it absolutely everything. And coming to a course like this that that he's done well on in the past, I think he'd go well this week. So 66 to 1 as an each way shot, I thought was well worth taking a chance on. Who did you get 66 to 1 with? That was with uh, Unibet. So, yeah, I've just gone with the um, uh, the six each play, six each way, fear for the odds. Um, you're still getting 50s generally, though, if you want to go for the uh, additional yeah. each way places. So, there's options out there. Yeah. 66 to 1 with Unibet is an outstanding price. Absolutely. Personally, I would take Justin Rose at that price than Jake Knapp, who is the same price. Yeah. Might be tempting fate. Knapp might go back to back, but that's interesting in terms of motivations as we move through the year. That top 15 dotted line there, if you can get yourself in there, yep. be that American golfer or any yeah. any national. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, for, for a lot of the other players, you know, it's not going to be anything like as as difficult as that because, you know, some of these countries are only going to have, you know, one or two players in the, uh, you know, the top 100, 200, 300 in the world. So they've just got to mm. move themselves into those positions. But for the more competitive um, countries like, you know, England, for instance, then, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tougher for these guys to get there. But uh, I, it, it's such a big carrot for someone like uh, Justin Rose, having been there and done it, that I think it will motivate him massively this year. We'll see. Where is your shortest price, Barry? 
I'm having internet issues here for a second. Hang on. I've um, where are we? Have you not paid the bill? I yeah. There's no, no excuse <laughs> after last week, Baron. Okay. Okay, so he, he doesn't have a stellar record in terms of uh, getting into top 10s, but the last three events he's played have been pretty decent for results. So it's Doug Gim. Mm. And I know he's quite a popular one amongst um, golf bettors, but he's got, he's got a 12th, to 13th, and an 8th in his last three events. So just kind of riding the hot hand coattails and see if that merges with a difficult course this week. It's got a bit of confidence building there, so I got him at sixty-six to one. Mm-hmm. Little ball striker, isn't he? Pretty yeah, ideal like for him. Straight as well off the tee, so you know, straight off the tee is not a bad thing on the champions course. Definitely helpful. Um, yeah, I mean, the, do all I his remember Doug Gim? Pretty good. In, I'm sure Barry. I remember Doug Gim one year at the players and he was right at the near the top of the leaderboard and then slightly ejected when he realized he might win it was i think that might have been the year cam smith was literally made 7000 feet of putts on on <laughs> sunday i'm sure gim was near the top of the leaderboard there at the players so that just shows you I mean that, that that course and this course yeah makes perfect sense makes perfect sense I can almost see Odds Checker turning a sea of blue, then now you've tipped him up. Oh, <laughs> People aren't listening it, to you? me, they're just listening to you two. And you quite right, it's not. kidding me. <laughs> you know, clearly I'm sitting here writing this stuff on a Monday and I'm <coughs> pressing refresh on Odds Checker and I've got different bookmakers up and I, I, I'm scanning prices and I'm getting prices you know, backed and whatever as quickly as possible on a Monday. The one price that I saw where I was literally eyebrows raised and I was not expecting it, was Christian Bezadenhut at 70-1 to with William Hill eight places each way of 50 odds. So I took it. Absolutely lights out with his approach play at the moment. He ranks number one in this field over the last eight weeks for strokes gained on approach. And you look at a winner's list here that is Ernie Els, Yang, Y-E, Camillo, Vijegas, Sabatini, Scott, Im, Jones. It shows you that internationals, be they Korean, be they Colombian, be they Australian or South African, haven't got a bad record here on the Champions course. And Ernie Els lives... In Palm Beach, so Cebes has spent a lot of time, he spends a lot of time with Ernie Els when he's over in the States. I think he uses Els' mansion as a base, blah, 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 blah. Knows the course, plays plays the Arnold Palmer Invitational every year in Orlando, plays this a couple of years already. Just get the feeling that Cebes is playing so well and he's finally getting his head around the fact that he can win on the PGA Tour. Bear in mind... Second at the American Express a few weeks ago. He was one shot behind Nick Dunlap. I think he finished with a 65 on Sunday, something like that. Oh, 70. He was actually 65s on both Saturday and Sunday. I could see Cebes, and when you look at his DP World Tour history, a win on Bermuda Grass at the Alfred Dunhill Championship at Leopard Creek. He also finished a winner at Valderrama. And as we know, Valderrama, claustrophobic, difficult, tough, 
10 under one that particular year. Can grind it, Seabez. So, yeah, I thought 70 to 1 about Seabez this week was an outstanding prize. So I took it with William Hill, eight places each way, a point each way. My final tip is 90 to 1. Love this guy on Bermuda grass. He is going to so like the jump from the West Coast to the East Coast. It is untrue. North Carolina guy. Fires on Bermuda grass. Just fires, fires, fires. Look at his career. It's all Bermuda, Bermuda, Bermuda. He was second at the 2022 Suncoast Classic, which they play at Lakewood National Golf Club on the Corn Ferry. That has been won by Ben Arn. I think, in fact, Ben Arn won that the year that this player finished second. Now, Ben Arn's record here, clearly, very, very good. Ben Griffin. I got 90 to 1 on Ben Griffin. Eight places each way, again, with William Hill. So mine, to summarise, Ben Griffin, not Lanto, Christian Bezadenhout, Luke List, JT, the postman poston, and Cam Young. Right, Paul, you've got a triple-digit selection, I believe. Yeah, the other one I've backed is uh, Matt Wallace at 100-1. to 1. Now, you just mentioned the record of the internationals here. The Europeans have got... a pretty decent record here as well so um i don't mind having a couple of a uh, couple of english guys on the team this week decent on tougher tests as well wallace um i looked through his record in the recent uh, few years and the ones that stuck out stood out to me were seventh at uh, innisbrook last year uh, sixth at quail hollow back in 2021 fourth at muirfield village uh, the year before that and and don't forget, he was third at the uh, 2019 US PGA Championship at Bethpage Black, which is uh, always a tough, tough test there. Um, I was on Matt Wallace back when he shot 60 at the Earth Course in Dubai back in November. Um, he birded absolutely every hole on the back nine, like literally every hole. And um, yeah, I've kept an eye on him since. There's been some odd signs of life, nothing spectacular, and that's why he's still getting 100 to 1 on him, but... Um, he shot 64 in the second round of Phoenix, opened with 66-65 last week. So he was tied uh, mm. for the lead going through. Oh, lead, wasn't he? He was, yeah, going through yeah. 36 holes. He was right up there. Tenth to the halfway point here last year as well. So um, he just hasn't been able to stick four rounds together for quite some time now. But should he be able to do that this week, then um, I think 100 to 1 will be a tasty each-way price, personally. Mm. They really screwed him this week by changing the par because he's been starting rounds mentally three or four over par to try force him to 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 go attack golf courses. <laughs> so it would have been a better challenge this week as a par seventy than a seventy one. Yeah, he's playing good stuff. Just there's something in between the years that just needs to just a tiny. There's just a tiny little tweak there. You can see it's it's close. Yeah, little adjustment. Yep. That's me, yeah. Yeah, just Wallace and Rose for me. Baron? I have um, gone with the link back to Le Golf National and backed the winner of the Open de France last year. Mm. Rio Hitsatsune. Mm. 
We've been pointing him out since... I mean, we try and do that on the podcast, but clearly we've got lots and lots of Canadian, North uh, American, North America listeners. And we just try and bring a flavour of the DP World Tour. And no, these, this is what I, I thought again last week with Sammy Falamaki. I, I think a lot of people think these oh, these DP World Tour guys, they can't... It's a subset, it means nothing, it's da-da-da. We've had Pavon win on the PGA Tour already. Falamaki's finished second. A lot of these players that come across and, you know, are rookies on the PGA Tour can actually play golf properly. And, you know, Hitsatsun is another one. Quality, quality player. Mm. Sorry. No, it's his, I mean, his. if you look at his stats on the PGA Tour website, they're not going to show anything nice just because he's only got a couple of rounds counting there. But just a couple of his headline stats from last year. Uh, average over 300 yards driving. He was 11th on tour in driving accuracy. So that's a really good uh, strokes gained off the tee kind of combination. Mm-hmm. He hit just over 70% greens in regulation, which put him at 19th on tour. And, you know, that's pretty uh, pretty damn good when you merge that with his putts per green in regulation were... 1.76, which was 48th on tour. So, you know, there's a good combination of all-round game there. Um, he was 13th in stroke average for the year on the European tour. So I just thought combination of difficult course and, um, you know, he's got a, just, just a couple of good vibe things happening for him in the last couple of weeks with getting the invitation to the Masters, um, his countryman Matsuyama winning. So I just kind of all the factors combined into a bet and uh, 100 to 1 is really nice. His Atsuni is sitting. Uh, he's kind of there with Eric Van Royen, Taylor Pendrith, just kind of on that top 20 of the President's Cup international team. Bezadenhut, by the way, is 15th. So as we keep saying, these international players will start... Well, they already have done. They're going to come to the top of leaderboards, undoubtedly. Because they're trying to get into that team. So, yeah, don't mind that at all. Mm. Any others? Is that your, is that your lot? Um, I'm, I've got to put a first-round leader bet on Valamaki. Mm. I don't know whether he could last a whole week, but I just think that playing well maybe comes out of the blocks really hot. Yeah, I could say that. Interesting. Let's let's move over to South Africa, Paul. The SDC Championship. Mm, yeah, the first of um, first of two co-sanctioned Sunshine Tour events that we've got this week and next. So we've got a mix of players from both tours in attendance, but as per usual, it's the DP World Tour players that tend to be the ones that dominate the top of the betting. So very similar kind of looking market to, to which we've seen in recent weeks. Ewan Ferguson, Xander Lombard, both 16 to 1 joint favourites right now as we speak on Tuesday morning. Tristan Lawrence, Tristan Lawrence, 18 to 1. Tom McKibben, same price, 18 to 1. Antoine Rosner, 22s. Rikoya Hushino. Absolutely butchered his name there. Apologies for that. <laughs> 22 to 1. Keita Nakajima, 25 to 1. Uh, Jordan Smith, same price. 28 to 1 bar those players. Ball Sports, they're offering their eight places each way, 150 odds market as standard as they all do most weeks nowadays. And of course, as we've discussed in the past, Bet365 got their extra 
each way extra running this week. 8, 10, 12 place options out there as well. So do shop about before you place your bets this week. Now we're playing at St. Francis Lynx. That's in Eastern Cape in South Africa. It's a modern Lynx designed by Jack Nicholas, which is just set off the coast in uh, one of the most southern points of South Africa. Seven thousand. Beautiful, beautiful course. Yeah, it is. I, it, Jack Nicholas. It's absolutely it, idyllic. Kind of place I'd love to go and watch it around the golf. Really, really nice course. He does like to talk up his uh, designs, Jack Nicholas, but I think this is one of the ones aesthetically that he likes the most. And as you say, it looks looks absolutely stunning, doesn't it? Um, mm. 7,192 yard par 72 and of course it's at sea level which often with the South African events we're factoring in lots of elevation and lots of uh, altitude but 7,192 yard par 72 sea level so it's going to play its full length this week regular setup as well four par fives, four par threes three of the par fours are sub 400 yards and the par fives are all attackable as well so on paper, it was set up as being quite um, quite scorable, but you've got heavy bunkering, you've got penal rough, um, bushes. There's quite a bit of water towards the end of the round as well. So it's certainly no pushover. And as ever, you know, exposed courses, links, links or link style courses. This is a modern link, so the purists won't want to call it a links, but of course it looks and feels just like a link, links. Um, it's down to the protection that the wind can offer as to how the scoring tends to go. And it does look like the course is going to get some protection this week. Uh, dry and sunny for the first three days. Temperatures into the high 70s Fahrenheit, 25 to 26 centigrade, that kind of level. But I'm seeing it blowing 20 to 25 in the afternoons on Thursday and Friday, gusting maybe 30 miles an hour plus those two days. And then maybe just a little bit calmer over the weekend, but still 15, 20 mile an hour winds potentially. Um, and then potential for some rain to come in on Sunday as well. So it looks like they're going to throw absolutely everything at the players this week. So I'm not expecting it to be um, a birdie fest by any stretch of the imagination. I'd imagine played in perfect calm conditions, this course would be there for the players to, to take apart. But I don't think it's going to be the case again this week. It's going to be going to be quite a challenge, I think. Now, we did play this course last year. It was at the um, the inaugural SDC Championship, which was held here. Um, Matt Matt Baldwin won. Um, he was a one hundred and forty to one shot. Now he won at eighteen under. And it was quite blowy, but it, it, the the forecast last year was even worse, and the, the wind just didn't quite materialise. As uh, as bad as was uh, as forecast, so if it isn't quite as windy, then of course the, the the scores can be there. If you look back though, we've got loads of Sunshine Tour events that have been held here, um, going all the way back to two thousand and seven. So um, if you want to have a dig through the data, the stats on the site, the course stats this week are well worth a look because you've got quite a lot of history going back, um, and there's been Sunshine Tour events held all the way up to two thousand and three as well, alongside last year's. SDC championships, lots to pour through. Um, a lot of the winners' names won't mean a great deal to us if you're if you're looking through. But what is noticeable is that there's a real mix of winning scores. Um, two under was the. Oh yeah. What the, year was that? That was going back right towards the start. So from 2007. But you've even more recently you've had kind of minus sevens winning. I think the. Yeah. What um, years are these? Can you the, reference them? 
yes, not not on the podcast live, but um, I can certainly give, certainly put, give you a list to put in the uh, in the description um, if you like. But yeah, the most recent one, two thousand and three, the second one that was minus seven. So you know, there's there's real ups and downs there, um, going all the way up to seventeen under as well. So you know, there's. Mm. Depending how the wind blows, it can be really quite. Um, it's typical Lynx golf, yeah. Really yeah. tough or gettable, yeah. It's yeah, it's it's a course that can play tough in the wind. It's simple as that. And these exposed courses are often like that, aren't they? It's it's the one bit of protection that the course is afforded, and um, it's built in such a way to to anticipate that the fairways are quite wide, but um, there's there's plenty of challenge. For those players who miss fairways and greens, and uh, you know, if, if it ends up being that way, which the forecast would suggest that it is going to be quite challenging, then um, then yeah, it should it should be an eventful week, not on TV this week, which is a real shame. Um, so we're not going to be able to watch it, which um, which which is a shame because um, it would have been nice to see this um, this unravel. Um, looks like we're just going to get the highlights only. So. Uh, Sadly, but there you go. That's where we are. Um, if you look through last year, statistically, uh, Matthew Baldwin, he, he won by seven, so he was pretty much a full house if we look at his numbers. He averaged 331 yards off the tee. And again, remember, I'm saying this is at uh, sea level as well. Second for fairways, eighth for greens and regulation, tenth for scrambling, third for putting. Um, so, yeah, as I say, pretty much a full house there. The fairways are, are wide, as I said, so um, if you're going to try and pick any of the bones out of the Sunshine Tour data, then it's, um, it's it's a bit more tricky. Greens and regulation, though, scrambling, if you're going to pick two numbers out, I think they're the metrics that uh, that you, you should be looking for this week, I think, in old numbers anyway, in, in, in old money. We did have strokes gained last year as well. Again, as I said, he was so dominant, Matt Baldwin, that his numbers probably skew things a little. But he was first for strokes gained tee to green, third for off the tee, fifth for strokes gained putting, ninth for strokes gained around the green. So um, a strong all-round game was what, uh, what was required here 12 months ago. Now, if you look at Baldwin's immediate form, he came in here off the back of miscut, miscut 30th, 60th. So... Um, nothing much to grab onto there really explains his 140 to one prize point at least but he did have some more distant form he had a couple of top forms on the challenge tour just before christmas and if you go through the full list of all of those players who won here on the sunshine tour every single one of them had at least two top 10 finishes in their last 11 starts so every single winner here had come in with some relatively recent contending or semi-contending forms so you know even if you're looking at a player who's got you know some, some very immediate seemingly poor form if they've got some performances maybe just the other side of Christmas um that uh, that, that look quite impressive then they could be the ones to to pick out at a price we shall see anyway I've back four this week um at the top of the market I've kept faith with Tom McKibben 18 to 1. I backed him yesterday with extended places. He has been backed quite heavily overnight. I'm expecting 16 to 1 is probably where he'll go off. So if you fancy a bit of McKibbin, then I would um, jump on sooner rather than later. Um, he may well end up going off favourite. He was fifth or sixth favourite when I wrote my preview yesterday, but um, there's been a lot of money from McKibbin, and quite rightly so, I think. 
He finished fourth for us at the um, Qatar Masters on his last start. Um, now, I said in Qatar that he needed to gain um, three or four shot, uh, shots with a putter for him to seriously contend. And in the end, it was a pretty neutral week for him. He finished three shots short of Rikoya Hoshino in the end. So had he putted like I'd uh, hoped, then he would have uh, he would have gone very, very close to winning. But he just wasn't quite there. I think this week, as I said, is a bit more about greens in regulation and scrambling than it is all-out putting and on those two stats he's been really quite um, quite visible over the last couple of starts. Razal Kaima he was second for greens and regulation, 10th for scrambling. Last time out at Doha he was 10th for greens and regulation, second for scrambling so on both counts really quite prominent last couple of times and he looks pretty primed for this to me. Now we know with um, McKibben, he played his formative golf at Holyrood or Holyrood Golf Club. How do you pronounce that, Barry? Up in uh, up in uh, Northern Ireland, Holyrood, Hollywood. I'm just going to let you keep trying. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> do we just pronounce it Hollywood as we do with um, with uh, with the American pronunciation? That's just going sure, it. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just let just letting me fall over. Uh, he obviously played his formative golf on the Lynx Golf up in Northern Ireland, and and you know he should be well used to playing in all sorts of conditions and uh, and wind. Uh, he opened with a seventy six here last year on debut, and uh, still managed to finish eighteenth overall. So. It's, uh, you know, with a better start this week, I think he could be right in there. And for me. McKibben is absolutely the one to beat. So McKibben at the top. Um, I've also backed Nicholas Norgard Muller, or Nicholas Norgard as he's now being known in uh, most places. 40 to 1, I backed him yesterday. There's a little bit, as I just before we started recording, a little bit of 45 to 1 out there right now with a standard each way terms but uh, you, you, you take your pick as to how you play a player this uh, like, like Norgard this week. Now Baldwin, as I said, he averaged 331 yards off the tee last year. And uh, given the wide fairways here, I think it is possible for a, a bomber to contend around here. And uh, Nicholas Norgard has got that in spades. Few players out there hit it further th than he does. Finished eighth in Bahrain early this month. That was in pretty windy conditions, you may recall. And he was second for strokes going off the tee that week. Second for strokes going approach. Fifth for strokes gained tee to green. Striking the ball very nicely indeed, it would seem. Seventh at the 2022 Dunhill Lynx. Um, some encouraging Lynx form. 23rd here on course debut um, 12 months ago. And um, yeah, he's really, really peppering the greens at the moment. First and second for greens in regulation um, over his last two starts. I'm expecting a big week from the Dane here this week. And then I've got a couple of longer shots to complete my team this week. Todd Clements, 110 to 1. Um, I backed him bog standard each way places. You can get him right now 100 to 1 with uh, a few extra places if you prefer. Now he got his breakthrough on the Challenge Tour um, at the Irish Challenge. That was back in 2022. He beat Tom McKibben that week by six shots. And that was at the K Club South which is the Linksy one of the two courses there. So he's got some good good form in that respect. He won last year's Czech Masters, and he beat Matt Wallace that week with a Sunday 63. He was absolutely flawless, Todd Clements, on that Sunday. 
Um, incredible to watch and um, pipped Matt Wallace to the title that week. Not a great deal since that point, but just a few signs that he might be rounding into some form recently. Uh, seventh into Sunday at Razel Kaima, 24th last time out in Qatar. Um, he was second for strokes gain approach, fourth for T, fifth for T to green, second for greens in regulation that week. Long game, absolutely where I want it to be for a player that I'm backing this week. So um, I think Todd Clements could be a feature this week. And the other one I think it could be a feature um, is my final selection, Oki Strudem. Oki Strudem, I think they pronounce him when, uh, when we see him on the TV. I could not believe that Oki was chalked up at 200 to 1 yesterday. Mm-hmm. Now, there's plenty of 150 to 1 still out there. And this is a guy that can actually win an event. And you talked about winning percentages and uh, those oh, players yeah. that just don't get a win, Steve. And Oki has won twice since the end of 2022. Uh, first at Leopard Creek, um, and that was right at the back end of 2022. Then he won Singapore last February as well, held off Sammy Valamaki by a stroke there. So he's won at South Africa. That, don't forget, Leopard Creek's one of those South African events with no altitude either. So um, it's you know there's some parallels there in that respect to this week's test. Um, and yeah, beating a player of Sammy Valamaki's ability um, is no yeah, shouldn't be sniffed at either. So um, he's he's got that winning credentials. I think um, he went right off the boil afterwards, which is pretty much what Oki does. But most recently, fourth in Bahrain. Um, Again, I talked about it being windy there. Um, so, you know, there's a real eye opener in terms of uh, recent form, and uh, you know, there's some parallels there to that this week again, isn't there? Strokes game positive in all categories that week. Um, Oki was, and then 16th last time out at and uh, in Qatar, fifth for strokes gain approach. He's got a second place finish here on the Sunshine Tour back in the day. Um, plenty to like for a player that's still available at 150 to 1 I must say what so, price did you get? 200 to 1 yesterday jeez <clears throat> madness Utter I was just fl- I was just flicking through previous results here and people that are in form and I, I just noticed he was he got a 4th recently and a 16th and he'd finished second on the course yeah it's 200 to 1 <laughs> yeah I, I, okay I, yeah I well, I'm just going onto my Coral account and getting 125 to one seven places each way. Yeah, so that's the best I can get. There's plenty. Um, yeah, 125, 150 out there with various each way options. So you know, anything north of three figures for a player who can actually win is um, mm. is pretty good, I think. So they're my four better the week, chaps. Yeah, it's, uh, no reason not to. I don't think. Um, Strydem, Strudem, Clements, Nicholas Norgard, and Tom McKibben. For me, we know where Steve's going. Barry, you got any any picks for this one? Yeah, just uh, can you? You are way better at the DP World Tour knowledge than me. This um, this guy Ryan Van Velzen has mm. come on from the Sunshine Tour, won three times in the Sunshine Tour last year. I'm just kind of wondering, kind of a home game, fifty to one. He's had, you know, his last his last five results are first, seventh, second, miscut, and eleventh last week mm. uh, on the DPW World Tour. The other four were uh, on a level down, yep. but he was third at this last year. Yeah, so that, that that most recent one was at the Sunshine Tour event. So in, the, in at this equivalent event, he missed the cut. But even so, he has got that course form, Barry, as you say, and. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, I think the eleventh last week was um, is strong because it was evidently at the, this higher level. Whereas, as you say, some of these previous uh, previous efforts have been uh, sunshine tour level. But you know, you, you take away some of the players at the top of the market, and as I say, you know, some of these players at the top of the market just don't tend to win. Seeing a player who um, can pop through and um, and perform at sunshine tour level, feeling comfortable. In the in the homeland this week wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. We're getting fifty to one or thereabouts, I guess, aren't you? On yeah, yeah, finding fifty there. So yeah. I, I'm I'm not going to dig too deep because uh, myself and the DP World Tour still still not in sync. I don't know if I if we ever will be. It just seems no matter how solid your bet might be going, it it could just disappear um, from around. So. And we keep it fairly short with just Van Velsen. Fair enough. Any any others other than uh, Oki for you, Stephen? No, I'll just have a bit of Oki. I think I, I can see why you've gone for McKibben. And it was it was noticeable last year that clearly, um, you know, Matthew Baldwin had that, was it Royal Birkdale? That was his home club? Yeah, I forget. I forget, brain stewed. Uh, but yeah, there was. Um, yeah, there was South, a, there was a he's from Southport. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's just that you know having that background, in, especially when it's going to be blowing a hoolie and it's going to be all kinds of weather at you. I can see the McKibbin logic down to the ground. Mm, yeah, F- feeling comfortable in that kind of those kind of yes. surroundings. And uh, you know, it's been said for quite a while now that McKibbin's going to be one of these sorts that moves far higher levels. Yeah, I think so. As he develops, so yeah, I might have a, I might have a, a few a few pence on that one as well. So McKibben and Oki, I'm not going to bother trying to learn. <laughs> Thank you for your time, gents. I hope your bets go well. Yeah, best luck, boys. You too, boys. We'll be back next week. Arnold Palmer Invitational. As the Florida swing moves along, what have you got, Paul? The Johnson's Johnson Workwear uh, tournament next week. So they, uh, Glendower they're playing, which we've seen a bit of in the past. Yeah, always a good course. I hope uh, the listeners' bets and DraftKings teams go well. Don't forget, five-star reviews would be much appreciated on Apple and press that five-star button on Spotify. We'll see you next week. If you like betting on golf, but everyone that you back misses the cut get some experts involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more cause it's the golf betting system the golf betting system is the golf betting system podcast